Hi, and welcome to the Sunday Lunch Project podcast episode for the 31st of March. This is your host, Nigel Creaser. Coming up in this month's interview podcast, we have Carl Pritchard, also known as The Risk Guy. But first, our sponsors. So this month, we're sponsored by my second book, Project Management, The Sketches a collection of hilarious sketches and songs on the topic of project management. The five-star customer reviews include, Laughed Out Loud would recommend to others, Tis good to look on the bright side of project life. Brilliantly bonkers, project management, not a topic I'd normally find amusing or even vaguely interesting, if I'm honest. Made fun by the liberal application of Python and a clearly dangerously warped mind. Tears in my eyes as my inner voice hummed along to reworked favourites and mouth cheekily warped classic lines. If this is project management, how do I get the job? So try it out. Pop along to Amazon, you can get a copy there, or Kobo, numerous different places. Or if you're not sure, and you don't know whether you want to give out some hard-earned cash, why not try and look for When I Were a Project Manager? My first book, published in 2015, which is available free at the moment. In news. So writing has been slow this month. The next book, Boosting Your Brand with Alexa and WordPress, is out with some beta readers and frustrating the services from which I've taken screenshots or have changed. So I'm having a dilemma of whether I've got him back, changing it all, and then you can bet your bottom dollar that the minute that I uh, press the button to publish, they're going to have changed them all anyway. I need to look at it a bit more, make some decisions. I have been working on some presentation material to help demonstrate that project management is funny to go alongside with my books. Uh, It needs some work and I've got some basic ideas. Hopefully later in the year I'll be able to use that, maybe at a conference or in a small room with one or two very trusted individuals. Uh, Last month's show didn't get as many visitors to it, listeners to it as the previous one, Um, but hopefully uh, that's just going to be ebb and flow. If you are enjoying this, uh, and if you've come back and listened to the previous ones, brilliant, thank you. I really appreciate it. Please pop along to whatever tool you use, and if you can give me a review, I'd appreciate it. Share it with your friends, etc., etc. In other news, um, I had a trip out to Chantilly uh, in French France to work with the, uh, the global project management and service management community within the company I work for. Uh, which was an absolutely fantastic day. We were at the Cap Gemini's corporate university called Serge Camp Le Fontaine. Um, it was inspiring, tiring, and enjoyable. Um, and it's great. Uh, that's really it for news. Uh, so, on to the interview. I'd like to welcome Carl Pritchard onto the Sunday Lunch Project podcast today. Carl is the principal and founder of Pritchard Management Associates. As a lecturer, he's considered a leading authority on risk and communication management and presents on a variety of management topics, from project essentials to the complexities of network diagramming and team motivation. He's worked as an instructor around the world, training some leading international organizations, as well as private clients and the PMI. He's the US correspondent for the UK Project Management Journal, Project Manager today, and Carl's recorded numerous presentations for international conferences on DVD and developed online training for PMI as well. 
Um, he serves as a board of, on the board of directors for projectconnections.com and presents podcasts for them and recently recorded an extensive audio training program, the Portable PMP Prep with Bruce Falk. And he served as a semi-final judge on the PMI's annual Project of the Year competition and the Federal Highways Administration as a judge for their biannual project competition. He regularly consults and coaches on project management, presentation skills, e-learning, course development, and, for, and with a variety of organizations. And he holds BA from the Ohio State University and is a project management professional as certified by the PMI. He's authored several texts, including risk management, concepts and guidance, the project management communications toolkit, the risk management memory jogger, project management lessons from the field. He is a dynamic and entertaining and fun keynotes presenter, speaker and trainer. And some quotes from people who have met Carl or worked with Carl. Carl is by far one of the best corporate educators I've experienced as a project manager from Grupish Schneider. A true project management hero and with a degree in comedy psychology. A project manager from TSYS. And with over That's my favourite, by the way. That's excellent. With over 2,900 of his students passing the PMP certification. Uh, if you're interested, you could be next. And, and I, I, having stalked Carl's um, uh, LinkedIn profile, I also found that in, in a previous life, he was a news director, which is fascinating me. So I think we'll probably get onto that at some point, no doubt. So, Carl, it's a pleasure to have you on. Welcome to the show. Wow. Thanks. And yeah, I feel like I'm going to bury myself under the weight of my own introduction. So. <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's a, um, a great introduction when, and looking back over your, and, and to be honest, there was, there was more I could have put in, but uh, I thought I'll be, I'll be spending more time talking about your inter introduction if I'm not careful than talking to you. So as you know, I've sent you a bunch of questions. I'm going to rattle through and, okay. uh, we can have a chat about uh, you, your life in project management, and uh, what makes you tick. So kicking off at the beginning, the birth of Carl Pritchard. Where was that? That was uh, Columbia. Actually, I was born in Salem, Ohio, but I'm from Columbiana, Ohio. And the reason you've never heard of Columbiana, Ohio, is it is a little map dot. It is a little place nobody's ever heard of. And uh, I, I, it was funny because I, I, I always tell people, they go, where are you from? Columbiana, Ohio. Oh, Columbus. And it's like, no, <laughs> Columbiana. It's a little map dot where oh, my father's biggest just disaster in his life was when he called me up and I was living in Maine at the time. But Dad called up and he said, it's over. Town's gone to hell. And I said, Dad, what's wrong? And he goes, no, no, it's over now. And I said, what happened? Two things happened in the same month. I said, what? He said, one, they put in another traffic signal. Two, they opened a McDonald's. <laughs> and to him, that was the end of life as we knew it in Columbia. Uh, yeah, I can get the, the town I'm from. Uh, I'm not sure the size is difference, but I've got some friends who've come from Manchester, the city of Manchester in the UK, living around the area. And um, we talk about the fact of uh, where you're meeting and say, by the traffic lights. Because when I grew up, there was only one set of traffic lights in the whole town, and there you by, go. or by the roundabout, and um, there's only there was only ever one roundabout when when I was growing up. And if I say to someone who grew up in the area, "I'll meet you by the roundabout," they'd know exactly where I meant. Anyone who's new to the area in, in 20, last twenty years, absolutely going, they'd just be looking at me dumbstruck. 
like of course there are like 20 roundabouts which one do you mean yeah and exactly. i mean the one yeah, yeah. the yeah. yeah yeah it was yeah we had a pelican crossing us so. A button crosswalk, and it was kind of like the same sort of thing. When that arrived, it was uh, fascinating. So. It's over. Yeah. So you were born in Salem, Ohio. And that's, is that is that the the, Sa- the famous Salem from Stephen King, or is that the different no, Salem? No, no, no. Salem. There's, as a matter of fact, interesting factoid about Salem. There, um, the most popular city name in the United States is Springfield. Yeah. The second most popular city name in the United States is Salem. Oh, wow. Almost every state has a Salem. Oh, wow. I did not know that. Yeah. See, I've learned something this evening already. Valuable data. <laughs> yeah. Hopefully I'll get it on a who wants to be a millionaire quiz or something like that. Okay. So, so where are you living now? Are you still in the same area or have you moved around? No. I, uh, we, we moved big time. I, as As you mentioned earlier, I was in radio, so I – in radio, you just jump from town to town. Mm-hmm. And I lived in Maine for a while, and now I have permanently settled outside Washington, D.C. in Frederick, Maryland. Oh, right. So it's uh, kind of a nice place. It's, uh, it's, it's grown a lot. We've been, we moved here temporarily 35 years ago, and now it's just me and my wife, and we are uh, – basically denizens of this place and you know we're the locals whereas the newcomers are all new yeah so we've actually qualified now as locals after 35 years in some places that can take a time a, a little while can't it yeah it can take yeah. a generation yeah yeah, yeah. or two <laughs> <laughs> so you mentioned your wife there what, what, what any family uh yeah i have my lovely wife nancy a goddess to be worshipped i have uh two sons adam and james and uh, you couldn't pick two boys who are more opposite. My eldest son is a, he's the curator at the Virginia Museum of Natural History. He's a paleontologist. Mm-hmm. And he runs a dig once a year out in Ghost Ranch, New Mexico. But that's his gig. And my youngest son is an 18-wheeler truck driver. Wow. So, yeah, kind of one end of the spectrum to the other. Yeah. Both fascinating jobs. Yeah. Especially when you imagine. That I think is both paying jobs. Yay. Yeah. <laughs> That's good. Yeah. And uh, yeah, it's funny when, like when you just said about Frederick, Maryland and, and um, it, it, all from my point of view over here across the pond, it's all very uh, romantic sounding places and driving an 18 wheeler truck across America is kind of one of those uh, big iconic kind of things that you see on on the tv oh it is and you know the 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 thing is it's funny because when when he started driving truck one of the first his mom and i were both like can we come see (laughs) (laughs) yeah and it reminds me of Smokey and the bandit straight away with something like that (laughs) Mm -hmm, exactly except Uh, he's the kid who's never had an accident never gotten a ticket so that's good so so as you say, you were in Salem. You you kind of did you grow up in Columbia, Columbiana? Columbiana? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, grew up in the same as you know. Grew up. I, I was um, actually I didn't even have a name until I uh, went off to college, and the reason I say that is because I I grew up. My father was the only doctor in this one horse town, yeah. and so I grew up. With, oh, you're Doc's boy. <laughs> And so I, I spent my entire youth as Doc's boy. I had no name. Uh, 
and didn't so, get a name till I went to Ohio State. So when was that that you were around? If it's not a too an indelicate oh, no. question to say, no, I was I'm I was born and raised. I got out of Columbiana in 1975. Moved off to Columbus and went to OSU until 1979 and never looked back. <laughs> yeah. Wow. So, so when, what did you study at, at uh, university or college? As you I, I was a journalism major. Journalism. I, um, yeah, my whole vision was what I wanted to do before I died. I wanted to someday be a news director at a top 10 market, a top 10 station in a top 10 market. And uh, the weird thing for me was in hopping around job to job and everything else, I actually accomplished that goal by the time I was uh, 26 years old. Wow. <laughs> it's kind of like, well, crap. What am I going to do now? I peaked too early and we're done here. So Were you just setting your goals too, too low then, were you? I guess I was. Yeah, you should have been looking at the, the, the top news director in the country. Well, and I found out, too, the, the interesting thing that I discovered about radio was that it uh, it doesn't pay anything. That no. was the other the other side of the dark side of radio was that you make no money at it. So I was forever moonlighting and trying to pick up extra cash. And that's how I landed in project management. Oh, right. Yeah, so, I was. So, yeah. Tell me about that. How did you. It's, the, it's the, that, that, that endearing question for people of, of, a, of a certain age in project management. And I'm one of those is that it, it, you get people now and I've had it, the conversation with a couple of other guys is that you get people arriving out of university with a project management degree. I know. Planning to be a project manager. Whereas, How crazy is that? Yeah. Whereas when I when I was coming out of college and school it was i'd never heard of a project manager i didn't know no. what they did i may have i may have had a vague recollection that maybe they built bridges or houses or something like that but very rare but and so uh tumbled into project management as i think a lot of people do so yeah uh, yeah so so how did you how did you end up pming then well, i am i am proof that it is the accidental profession and uh, because i had no designs on it i got hired by one of the big telecoms and what i was doing to moonlight while I was still running the news department in DC was um, I was writing anything anybody would hire me to write. And I got hired by one big utility company to write a bunch of video scripts on contract management. Right. And I did it through a consulting firm and they came back and they really liked them because, well, golly, they gave me all this data and I'm a decent writer. Thank you. Done. Well, <laughs> then, this one um, big uh, telecom firm read about that work through the consulting firm I was working with part time, and they said, "Oh, you know, we need we need you to we need somebody to write a white paper for one of our executives." And I said, "Yeah, I can write a white paper." And then I hung up the phone and said, "What's a white paper?" So I. <laughs> I went ahead and uh, met with this executive and I sat down with him and I said, what do you want the, uh, what do you want the paper to be about? And he said, I'd like it to be about 40 pages. And I said, <laughs> no, no, I'm sorry. I uh, misphrased the question. What do you want it to be about, about? And he said, oh, I want it to be about issues and concerns in project management in our, in our organization. And I said, great. Do you have data? He said, no, I have no data. And I said, well, how am I supposed to get data to write this? And he said, here's a list of 35 of our project managers. Interview as many of them as you can. 
put together the data, compile it, make me look really, really smart. And that's what I want my white paper to be about. So I was his ghost. I was a ghost writer. And I wrote this beautiful 40-page white paper, just left him misty-eyed and weepy. And I picked up a rather substantial paycheck for it, and that was that. And I was sure I was just done. It was one more gig under my belt. Well, it was about six months later, or six weeks later, rather, that they called back and they said, hey, um, we need you to do another gig for that company. And I said, they need another white paper? No, no, they, they want you to come in and do some consulting work. And I said, I'm sorry, consulting work on what? And they said, project management. And I said, no. No, no, no. You don't understand. I'm a writer. I'm a really good writer. I'm good at gathering data and spilling it back out, but I have no idea about anything on project management. And then he said, well, you know, talk to the guy. And so I'm talking to the guy and he's, you know, you're perfect for this. And I'm like, I don't know squat. And he said, doesn't matter. We'll put you through our training program. And I said, still, I said, I'm the wrong guy to be giving you advice on how to run your project management. And he goes, no, you're the perfect guy. And I said, no, 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 I'm the wrong guy. And he, he said, and then I, I caught myself and went, wait, wait, what does this pay? <laughs> and, and, you know, I'm a, I'm a 20 something, just basically make yeah. barely making ends meet. And, uh, and he said, here's what we'll do. And so I was working at WASHFM in DC from 4 a.m. to noon. So I was on morning drive and then I would get off the air and I would go down to this utilities, this uh, telecoms uh, federal center in DC and work there from one till seven. And they put me through all the training. They did everything else. So I was burning the candle at both ends for almost two years. But over that time, I was actually learning to be a project manager. And ultimately it came down to, uh, I had to make a choice because I was just fried yeah. and uh i here i am oh wow so that's how you got into pming yeah that's that's kind of the uh yeah. the not so short version and and in some ways i know there's a few people have gone the why being how much <laughs> yeah. oh <laughs> it's exactly quite, yeah, it's, quite, it's, it's always a pertinent question isn't it so you, you mentioned there that you the telecoms and obviously the news industry that you've worked in what other industries have you have you worked in um, um, time. Yeah, and I one of my my biggest first as an independent consultant, my biggest first client was Southern California Edison, and I worked with them after I became the risk guy. Uh, so I did a lot of time in the utility industries, and it, it's kind of interesting because this is what happens in project management. Somebody finds it and goes, "Ah, oh, we need that." And it's kind of like, and this is a surprise to you, how? <laughs> but but they, they do. Invariably, it was like first first big clients were utilities, and everything was utilities. Oh, my gosh. I couldn't get you know, Florida Power and Light, Austin Power and Light, everybody Power and Light. And I, I, I had a lot of utility customers. And then I went to one particular industry, and they said, oh, we're looking at your background. You're all utilities. And I said, no, I'm all project management. And they said, yeah, but we don't know that you can help us. And that was a financial services firm, a bank. And then they decided to take a flyer on the utility guy. And I became the financial guy. 
and I worked with this bank and that bank and this, you know, this insurance company, which also, well, I know you're a bank person, but we'll try out in the insurance industry. And it, that's the way it's all gone. And this is the thing that's kind of intriguing is in project management, a company, somebody in a company, and it won't be the whole company, it'll be some one poor soul will figure out that project management has merit and value. And they'll go back and say, we should be doing project management. I really go, oh, that's new. It's like, it's not new. It's a zillion years old, please. Yeah, but I've heard it described. And that's a podcast I listen to, a guy, guy managertools.com, fantastic podcast. And they have a it's general management tool techniques and they have one on project management and they kind of boiling it down to the point of when you've got projects being running as a normal manager. And he said, who does what by when? Is <laughs> but fundamentally yeah. that's what it is. And then what's gonna stop who's doing what by when and try and stop them things happening. It's you get some more devil in the detail, but it it's as you say, so someone's gonna build a bridge in the Roman times. Well who's gonna do what by when? That's that's yeah. it, isn't it? Yeah, and that we didn't always have the right title, you know, if, no. you know, some of them, it was just your majesty, you know, but, <laughs> but there's always been somebody in charge yeah. and somebody, uh, trying to make sure things don't go off the rails. Yeah. Wow. So, so what, so, so you say working in those industries, so what was that? Was that, um, sort of, uh, hardware type thing, software, or was it, um, what kind of, um, sort of product specialist or was it varied with you in those industries? Almost everybody who has hired me has hired me to do some kind of analysis initially. Mm-hmm. And then that that lasts for about a month. And then they they go, oh, you know what? You're you're kind of a funny guy. Do you ever train this stuff? And mm-hmm. I wind up being that in-house trainer. Oh, wow. That's you my lot in life. Yeah. And, yeah. I, and I love it. I do. I think training is so much fun. It's, yeah, and it's a great, and you, have, you can make a do a lot of influence from that, can't you? Yeah, you can make a lot of difference in the change industry. culture. Yeah, yeah, that's true. So, you mentioned your the telecoms company where you were strong armed into project management into that company. So, I'm, I'm assuming that that was where your first project that you remembered would have remembered would have been. What was that project? Oh, uh, actually, yeah, and oh. it goes back to it was a writing project. It oh, was. Yeah to develop their 19 volume project management methodology. Nice. It was actually to, to craft that. So that was my first big, big thing that I was doing. And it, it's funny because this is back in the, in the dark ages when computers were not as advanced as they mm-hmm. are now. And this is also then what led to, they wanted their curriculum to be e-learning and nobody had done e-learning at that point e-learning was not cool at that point so they wanted it all rendered as e-learning and we were the ones basically in the early 90s pioneering the notion of okay how do you actually make it e-learning and still make it full contact and that was my my big job initially for them and then ultimately we built the e-learning infrastructure for the George Washington University. Oh, wow. Yeah, which was kind of cool. And it actually sounds like I had a paying gig and a job and everything. 
Although a lot of times it sounds like I just do whatever comes around the corner, you know, which I do. But yeah, well, sometimes that's the best approach, isn't it? Yeah, that's our official corporate motto is anything for a buck. Yeah, Yeah. it's it's the thing is, as you I think I think our conversation on LinkedIn when getting you onto here, you said sounds like fun. Let's do it. Yeah. And it's kind of a good attitude to have for stuff, isn't it? uh... Keeps me off the streets and out of trouble. I'm I'm wondering, I haven't talked to you for a little bit, whether keeping you out of trouble is actually true. But. <laughs> On the good days, I, you know, I get the occasional piece of hate mail, but aside from that, it's, it's good. Good. Excellent. So moving on from that, what was the largest project that you've run to date, been involved uh, that, with? And, and what did you learn? That'd be the GW project that would be yeah. putting together their e-learning infrastructure. And... Um, I learned that, and and actually, it's kind of funny. I learned it, then I had to relearn it. The whole notion is, just assume you're right. That's that's the biggest lesson learned I came out of the whole thing with, is people will tell you invariably that you're wrong. They'll say, oh, no, 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 that's not the way it's really done properly. And it's like, oh, thank you for sharing. I appreciate that, but uh, I'm going ahead the way I was thought I was going ahead. Every time I made the mistake of giving serious time, effort, and energy into somebody else's approach after we had already established an approach and a goal and an objective and a charter and all the other stuff of project management, every time people would say, no, 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 we need to back away from that and try something different, that's where I got burned. Every single blessed time. And historically, when I have had a plan and stuck to the plan didn't always work out exactly as intended but we always got to the end game did you find yourself with the ones when you've gone off piste that your gut was telling you to stay there but you went against your gut yes yeah you know that feeling yeah trusting your gut sometimes is is the right thing isn't it no it and i would i would actually say it almost always is the right thing yeah 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 so that leads on, and I wonder whether it's related to this. What, what would you call your biggest screw-up? And again, what did you learn there? <laughs> Actually, my biggest screw-up was not in project management. My biggest screw-up was in radio. Yeah. I, um, I, I've had every job known to humankind. I, I have. I, you pretty much pick the job, and I can tell you, oh, yeah, I did that for a while. <laughs> Bartender, been there. You know, Dishwasher, been there. Cook been there but i was in radio up in maine and this is back in the early 80s when ronald reagan president reagan fired all the air traffic controllers in the united states he fired them all because they went on strike and he said fine then don't bother coming back to work and he fired all of them there were suddenly three thousand very high paying jobs that were up for grabs in the u.s 3,000 of the best government jobs you could ever land. And so I did a report on it. I did a series on how do you become an air traffic controller? And I did this you know, on the air over a, a period of several months. And it was like, today is segment eight in becoming an air traffic controller. But I did this. And the weirdo thing that happened was at the very end of this whole series, I got hired. <laughs> as an air traffic controller and you see how well that worked out <laughs> uh, 
I got hired as an air traffic controller, and so I, you went uh, through the whole process then. Oh yeah, and actually, fit, actually did. All oh, right, I see. Oh yeah, and the the scream was I I was sitting at the medical exam with a couple other people, and they said, "Oh yeah, yeah, boy, amazing, we made it this far, huh? We passed the exam." And I said, "Yeah, we passed the exam." And they said, "How'd you do on the exam?" The one guy goes, "I got a seventy-eight. Wow, you got a seventy-eight. That's a tough exam. That's that's a really good score." And I'm thinking, "Oh crap." Because they came around to me and they said, how'd you do? And I said, I got a 93. They go, 93? Nobody gets a 93. How long did you study? I said, study what? I, I, I just took it on, you know, I took it on a lark. I didn't even study anything. Yeah. It was a logic exam. So anyhow, but I flew through the exam, got hired as an air traffic controller. And I, I went into my boss, and this is my big lesson learned, biggest screw-up of my entire life that turned out happy. But I, I, I went into my boss in the radio station. I said, can you match these salary numbers? And he laughed at me, and he said, who's ever going to pay you that much? I said, Uncle Sam. And I thumbed my nose at him, and I said, Turner, I am so out of here, and I blew him off, and I burned a bridge. Mm. and the day before I was supposed to fly out to the academy from training, and I moved back to Ohio in with my uh, stepmother and my father for just a couple of weeks, got the note, a telegram, do not report to the academy for training. You have been medically disqualified. My eyes were too bad. And so I had burned a bridge with my last boss. I had done everything wrong. And if you're looking for the biggest screw up, that was it. Because I was unemployed for months. It was a matter of struggling, trying to find a job without any reference for my previous employer. And it was just pretty darn stupid on my part. Now, the good news is I got hired at this little podunk radio station in Western Maryland. I met the woman of my dreams. I married her and we moved off to Frederick. So it has a happy ending, but geez. You know, it's like if you if you're ever thinking your boss is a moron, he's a chimpanzee, he should be taken out and shot. Um, smile warmly at him and keep your mouth shut. Yeah, <laughs> that, that would be uh, my biggest screw up. That's really interesting. Really interesting. Uh, yeah. So kind of moving on from those sort of things, moving into your. That's a little bit more of a positive spin of, of stuff and mm. your your project delivery side of it. What would you say is your proudest delivery from a project point of view? What, what, what is it that George Washington, what university? Yeah, that, that's tied to it. But ultimately, the company I was working for at the time, um, we were doing so well in the e-learning side of the house. Mm-hmm. that for one, I became their vice president of e-learning. And this isn't like a bank where every every third person yeah. is a vice president. Um, I became the VP of e-learning. And the other beauty of it was they actually took the company I was, the, the part of the company that I was running and spun it off and made it its own company. Wow. Yeah, which I, you know, to me, that was like, you have arrived. Yeah. You have actually been able to take something out of whole cloth, build it, and then have them spin it off and turn it into its own company. So that yeah. was kind of cool. That's, that's brilliant. Then they hired a guy from South Africa to run it. <laughs> <laughs> well, thing, things change, don't they? Yeah. 
So rather than let's think about not, not so much the project delivery themselves, uh, mm-hmm. but what is your proudest moment that's kind of work work moment, I suppose, is the focus, but not necessarily, but your proudest um, project achievement that isn't necessarily the delivery itself and the project itself. uh, Yeah, and and actually, this goes to people. Mm. It's a function of the the true joys in my life stem from, and I, you know, it's it's one of the reasons I have been a trainer for over twenty years. It's because I love the feedback. I really do. Yeah. And it's not the the hey wow, you know, you're kind of a funny guy. It's not that feedback, although I do like that. The <laughs> the feedback that I that I really genuinely enjoy is when some I'll run into somebody and they'll go, I, I I know you don't remember me, but I want you to know you changed my life. And when somebody says that to me, I swear I could break into tears. Yeah. Just because it's it's, so. it's 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 so enriching, it's so fulfilling. Yeah, helping other people is 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 a great uh, yeah a great a it's great a rush thing, it? yeah. yeah 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 brilliant. So obviously, I was one of my questions is why did you start writing and blogging? Well, you were destined to write anyway, weren't you? And bl- yeah. your blog kind of flows off the back of that. Um, and you uh, looking at the the different things that I've got kind of a a bit of a. Um, contentious question here okay so certification yeah how, how many project management certifications do you have why have you got them and which one is best i have <laughs> i have two i had three um and i let one lapse i have the pmp i have the pmi rmp which is the risk management professional which is what I, frankly, most people know me as the risk guy. Yeah. You know, over in the UK, you've got David Hilson, who's the risk doctor. Yeah, I'm the risk guy. So that kind of makes the distinction between the two of us. But I, um, and I had the EVP, the earned value professional. That's the one I let lapse. But of of the three, which do I think is the most valuable? Mm -hmm. The PMP. Yeah. And the reason is, is just because it's a ticket to be punched. It's one of those things that you go into a company and they'll say, oh, are you a PMP? It's like, oh, yes, of course I am. Now, because of the company I, I run, it's, it's, are you also a registered education provider? Which is the other big question. Yeah. The answer is always yes. But which one do I think carries the most clout, the most weight, and actually gets people to go, okay, there, tickets punched. It's the PMP. It's not because I, I feel like it makes me better as a manager necessarily, but I do talk the talk. And as long as I can talk that particular language, I'm in pretty good shape. Yeah, cool. Yeah. So what was the last project podcast you listened to? Wow. Um <laughs> And the answer can be, I've never listened to any. Oh, no, no, no. I, I actually, yeah. But the last one I listened to was me. Um, <laughs> that's that's the really sad part. Um, at ITMPI.org, the IT Metrics and Productivity Institute. They, uh, they do just a mountain of podcasts. They have a, a library that is just staggeringly deep. And uh, that was the last one I would listen to. And the last project 
project management related blog that you read? Last blog I read, um, that was probably, um, oh, geez, and I'm going to screw up his first name. Uh, last name is Zucker and um, not Zuckerberg, but Zucker, Alan Zucker. There you go. Um, but Alan's was the last one that I that I read. And I I frankly try to dive into those on a pretty regular basis. And largely because I, I think it's a matter of I'll read through them and go, knew that, knew that, knew that. Okay, fine. That's good. But every now and then I'll go, knew that, knew that. Oh, what a sweet take. Yeah. And somebody will have found a new angle on something that I'm already doing or something that I already had a sense of. But the new angle is just that. Yeah. It's a new angle. Yeah. It's, and, and some of those things, it's a, it's a new way of, I find, a new way that you could describe the thing to someone else as well, which I find really useful on some of the blogs that I've looked at. Yeah. And yeah. by the way, I've got, I've, I've got a, let me, let me give a pointer just so that people can think I actually added some modicum of value here. Um, and that is if you're, if, if somebody ever calls you with a really complicated question, this is a cheap consulting trick. If somebody ever calls you, they've got a really complicated question. Here's what I want you to do. You go, wow, it is so funny that you ask me that. That is you know, it, it, what's, what's kind of interesting, I was just working up a blog on that. And if you don't mind waiting until two days from now, I'll have the blog done. And I would love for you to be the first person to give it a look and tell me whether or not I'm making any sense. Now, this accomplishes a mountain of stuff. Because for one, it says to the person who's asking you this really annoying, complicated question, hey, I'm on the same wavelength. We are simpatico. It is perfect. So I'm so glad you asked that. For two, I'm already a step ahead of you in that I'm writing a blog about this, which you aren't, but that doesn't matter. And then you've got two days to come up with a very thoughtful, cogent, well-considered response in 800 words or less. And it's a win-win-win. Everybody comes out further ahead and to boot, it builds your relationship at the same time as you're writing another blog. Oh, that's a fantastic, fantastic tip. It's uh, yeah. Yeah. I can see how that would work. Uh -huh. Just, I think the key thing there is make sure you do write the damn blog. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> if you don't, it won't be pretty. <laughs> well, I've got, I've got two final questions. The first one is what is the one single nugget? top tip that you would give to a PM who has been in this industry 10, 20, 30 years um, that you think people miss? What, what, would, what would that one thing be? Even though they're successful as PMs, they can be, you can be very well, successful, but they could be more successful. Yeah. Let somebody else do it. We are, by our very nature, and if you look at McClellan and his perception on the three needs, the need for power, the need for achievement, and the need for affiliation, project managers are the high need to achieve people. As such, we want to do everything. We want to have our fingers in every flipping pie that's out there, and nothing could be worse for you. If you really want to improve your career, Allow other people to take the reins now and again. And it's so hard mm -hmm. because you're so much better at it than they are. 
But the reality is, if you don't give them a chance to make some of the mistakes you've made and do some of the things you've done, then they're never going to be as good as you are. And you need them to be as good as you are so that they can come back someday and say, wow, Nigel made me amazing. You know, you want that behind you. Yeah, I know. Yeah, I can see what you're saying there. That's a really good tip. Brilliant. Last question. You have a chance to go back to see your younger self um, on that first day in project management, in that genesis of the, the career that you've, you've built up. What would you tell? What would you say to yourself? At first, I would tell myself, hey, I want you to know something. It all works out. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's what because I, I was I was. And it, it's funny. I've seen a lot of a lot of younger people, some of my son's friends who are millennials. And and you wish you could just tell them, you know what? Relax and enjoy the ride because yeah. I, and that's what I really would. I'd go back and tell myself, don't be so flippin nervous. Just relax. Enjoy it because. When this is all, when you're 20 years, 30 years down the road, you're going to be rocking. Everything's going to be going just fine. You're going to be really genuinely happy and satisfied with the person who looks back at you in the mirror. And that's just a wonderful place to be. Yeah. That's great. So thank you, Carl. That's been a enlightening, entertaining um, chat. Oh, thank um, you. If people want to find out more about Carl, maybe look at all your books, what's, what's the best way, social media connection, et cetera, websites or whatever to get hold of you? I'm on LinkedIn and it's Pritchard spelled the right way <laughs> with a T in it. Uh, oh no, you'd be surprised how many people just leave the T out. But it's yeah. Carl at carlpritchard.com. And and frankly, here's the thing. If you if you can't figure any of it out, if you just get carlpritchard.com, so if, if you send an email to dumbo at carlpritchard.com, that still finds its way to my mailbox. Yeah. The I I get all the default mistake mail that comes into our our servers. So it's just Carl with a C and it's carlpritchard.com. And I if anybody does chase me down, just an FYI, I will always get back to you within 24 hours. And if you don't hear back from me in 24 hours, one of two things has happened. The most likely I'm in your spam box. I, I, I get to, I, you never got back to me, Carl. And I'll say, check your spam box. And sure. Enough, uh, oh, I found it. Yeah. You emailed me three months ago and it's, I told you 24 hours. How hard is this? But yeah, 24 hours. I will always get back to you within 24 hours. Brilliant. Well, again, thank you very much, Carl. Anything else you want to say? I just want to say thank you, Nigel. This is nothing but a good time. <laughs> Brilliant. And on that note, I'll wrap this up. Thank you very much, Carl, and have a fantastic day. Do likewise. Cheers, mate. Well, I hope you uh, enjoyed that interview with Carl. Thanks to Carl for that entertaining and informative interview. My family wondered why there was so much laughter when uh, they, in Joey Air quotes, I was doing a business interview. Um, but yeah, it was a great time. I, I, I found it a fantastic uh, uh, session to do. As always, I'll include the links to Carl's website and the show notes and uh, et cetera, and, and promotion materials. Uh, in that mind, if you want to get in touch with me, just ping me a note. Uh, similarly to Carl's advice, you can email me at dumbo at 
nigelcreaser.com or whatever you like at nigelcreaser.com. Grab hold of me via social media platforms. Generally, I'm there as at Sunday lunch PM or on LinkedIn. Just search for Nigel Creaser and I'll connect with you. So without any further ado, please have a fantastic uh, whatever you're doing for the rest of the day or evening or whatever. And remember that project management is funny. So smile. Bye now.